At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible. With a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. And we're rolling in three, two, one. Jessica Vanderhoek joins the Operation Tango Romeo today for our second time together. Yes. Yeah, our second time together uh, talking about trauma recovery and equine therapy. Operation Tango Romeo is a trauma recovery podcast for first responders and military. However, I do apologize. The voice has been very much a military sounding voice through for the last 13 episodes. So, so happy to have an advanced care paramedic on the show. Jessica, welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I sure appreciate you making the drive on a miserable day. The weather's the shits out there today. Mm-hmm. And yes, we can say shits on uh, on our shows. We're allowed to swear? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Otherwise, it just wouldn't be authentic. No, I agree with you. So uh, let's start. Uh, how long have you been an advanced care paramedic? So I've been an advanced care paramedic now for, oh, was it 16 years? I've been working on the ambulance for 19 years, and I've been a first responder for 21. That is a lifetime. That's yeah. A full, that's a full career. Two decades. Two decades. And you started rural, I northern did. Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. I started in rural Saskatchewan, which uh, came with a lot of learning lessons. It was a pretty steep learning curve when you're so isolated and you're so far away from everything. And your scope of practice is pretty minimal. Uh, and then from there, I transitioned back into Alberta and worked in Breton Drayton Valley, which was also rural. And then from there, I moved into Sixaga, which also rural, but super awesome place to work. And then from there, I transitioned into Calgary about 15 years ago. Back in the beginning, when you were first on the job in northern Saskatchewan, did anybody prepare you for mental health or give you any resources or kind of give you a warning of, hey, this is what you may be experiencing? There wasn't a single comment made about it in the entire time that I went to school. Not one. There was so much focus on training us to be able to handle the medical and trauma situations that we were going to encounter. And there was very little known about mental health back then and in the way that it uh, related to first responders. And I think also the job was a very, very different job back then. And um, yeah, it's changed a lot, which is also part of the reason why we're seeing a huge increase in the amount of people that are suffering with PTSD. But no, I didn't get a single conversation about mental health or looking after myself. But how long ago did the conversation start and people start uh, talking about it openly? So I was diagnosed in 2011 and it still wasn't a conversation then. When I came back to work in 2012, it still wasn't a conversation then. And so people like myself and a couple of my coworkers started having those conversations with people. And now it's a pretty common conversation. Like if I look at the, the culture within the employees within the way we treat each other as coworkers, uh, it's a conversation that's spoken about with a lot of openness, a lot of frankness, and it's received with a lot more compassion and understanding than it used to be. Is there still a stigma? Um, I, you know what? I want to say an EMS. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. But the biggest thing that we're, we're seeing is that there's a shift culturally on the street level, but that shift hasn't occurred to the extent it needs to higher up. And I think 
the thing that's preventing people from from getting the services they need, one is finances. Financially, it's extremely taxing to go get all the therapies that you you need to get or, or to try. And also just a lack of understanding what's available to you. I think those are two of the biggest things on top of the stigma that's preventing people from getting help. What draw, drew you towards horses as a coping and healing mechanism? Well, I started Prairie Sky Equine Assisted Therapy in, uh, what would have been, 2010, 2011. And part of why I started it was because I had pretty negative views about society and the world around me, and I needed that to shift because I realized I was suffering because of it. So I created an organization that initially uh, ran programming for adults and kids with special needs, and that transitioned into working also with at-risk youth. And the reason I did it is because I wanted to create a place where people were happy, where they felt loved and cared for, and there was a sense of community because that's what I needed at the time. And so I thought, well, why not create what you want to see? And so that's part of why I started it. So tell me, why horses? So some really amazing things happen. And I I knew when I first started Prairie Sky, PTSD was not a thing on my radar. I hadn't been diagnosed yet. I hadn't been through everything yet. And so as I started to heal, I used equine-assisted therapy as part of my healing modality and realized it was really effective for me. And so knowing that we had a facility and we had horses and all of those things, I thought, you know what, when I'm at the point where I am healed enough to not be projecting my trauma on anybody else, I'm going to start focusing on developing a horse program, a horse-based therapy program. And so the reason we, we work with horses is because there's really cool things that happen to us when we're in the presence of horses. So one of the things is, is the way that our brain operates changes. And when you've been through traumatic events and you start to live in the fight or flight part of your brain, which is the amygdala. And it's really hard to get out of there. And it's not a healthy place to live because you can't process emotional or complex emotions and thoughts, which you need to, to start healing. And so when you're around horses, you actually get out of the amygdala part of your brain and into the frontal part of your brain where you can process complex emotions and thoughts. And so you can start the healing process from there. Um, It also... When you live in the fight or flight part of your brain, you secrete cortisol and cortisol in in long doses has some consequences like weight gain, insomnia, anxiety, depression, lovely things. Uh, So that just compounds what's going on. And the other cool thing about being around the horses is that you no longer secrete the cortisol and you start secreting hormones and chemicals of happiness, acceptance and belonging, which are critical to healing. And so your body starts to secrete serotonin and oxytocin and dopamine. And so you start to feel better. So is it healing or is it coping? So you you feel better in the moment, but is it lasting? Well, and so that's where we transition into working with the horses because the horses allow you to become self-aware. And once you become self-aware, you can take control back of your healing. You can start to decide how you're going to do things differently from here on out, which is key to healing. And so once you start to learn new coping mechanisms and you start to have some shifts in your thought patterns and the way you view yourself and the way you view your circumstances, then yeah, you see long-term effects because you start to function differently. You start to think differently and you start to feel differently as a result of that. And that absolutely carries on in your day-to-day life. You went down to Mexico and had yourself an experience. I sure did. Want to talk about that? Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Uh, So I went down to Mexico in August to partake in a sacred medicine retreat. 
And so it included Cambo, ayahuasca, samadhi. And then... Um, I'll just pause you right there for yeah. a moment. What we're about to say is not a prescription. We are not nope. doctors. We are not physicians <laughs> no. and we're not drug dealers. No. <laughs> so we cannot tell you that you should do this. We're uh -uh. not recommending this in any way. We're just telling you about what the experience was. And I, I can tell you I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was amazing. So those were the, the three medicines that I had intended to do was the Cambo, the ayahuasca, and the Samadhi. And the Cambo basically cleanses your system of physical and emotional toxins so that when you go do the ayahuasca and the Samadhi, that your body is ready for it. So we did the Cambo the first day. And for those that don't know, ayahuasca is a plant medicine and it's DMT, dimethyltryptamine. And so our Pineal glands actually secrete DMT when we're born and when we die, which is why it's called the God molecule or the spirit molecule you'll hear referred to. And what happens when we ingest the DMTs, our pineal gland gets activated and it starts releasing DMT into our bloodstreams, but it also releases other nortryptamines like serotonin and dopamine. And so there's two kind of experiences that you have. One is that having all of these neurotransmitters and hormones released into your body actually starts to heal you on a physiological level. Your brain builds a bunch of new neuropathways, and more importantly, your gut, which actually has more neuropathways than your brain, believe it or not. And oh, where, I believe it. Yeah, and where you process your emotions and where you actually uh, produce hormones. Like uh, with magic mushrooms, um, uh, there's something called gut rot. And your gut's just hurt. Is that why? No, uh, that's part of it. Uh, part of it is that the mushrooms actually activate um, your guts to move a lot, which can cause okay. the, the upset tummy. But part of it is because the mushrooms actually cause a huge amount of energy shifts. And those energy shifts are processed by your guts. So it's kind of a twofold, at least in my experience. Which is why you do those first two things before the ayahuasca. Yeah. And so mushrooms are different than ayahuasca. Okay. Uh, mushrooms are a different medicine. The ayahuasca is, is DMT and mushrooms are cyclocylobin. So they're, they're different, uh, but they do work together very well. So you do the DMT and then you have these two different experiences. And one of them is that all these neuropathways are being built, brand new neuropathways. The other part is that you have this very spiritual experience. And for me with the ayahuasca, what that looked like was being able to see my root trauma. And so for me, that was mother trauma. I thought it was work. But my trauma actually started as an infant. And because of my childhood, it left me very susceptible to, to have PTSD as a first responder. So somehow in this experience, you were taken to that experience and shown? Yes. Did you have a spirit guide? No, no. It was like I was watching a movie screen. Okay. And everybody has a different experience depending on where you, you're at in your healing journey. Like the people, the guy next to me left his body and astral traveled for six hours. Yes, please. Yeah, Right. I, on the other hand, this was the first time I'd ever done medicine, and spiritually, I'm still working on my evolution. Um, but so for me, it brought me to my root trauma. And we have this belief that we need to cognitively handle our trauma. We need to mentally process it. And what happens with the medicine is the medicine actually allows you to heal on a soul level. Because like I've spoken to you about this, but I believe that our traumas occur on a soul level, and the brain is actually the secondary site of injury. And yes, it is a brain injury. You can see it on diagnostics. But to, for me, my experience has been that, that the injury is on a soul level. And that's why brain-focused therapies can work to a certain extent. But they need to be done hand-in-hand -hand with soul work, like working with horses and working with dogs and doing things like meditation and being out in nature and working out. Those are all soul-healing um, 
therapies. And so the ayahuasca did that for me. It allowed my soul to heal from this trauma and for me to be able to step away from it. Um, How long was the ride? Six hours. Wow. Yeah. That's a long ride. It is. And and for me, what it was... Did you wish it was shorter or were you okay with the no, six I hours? No, I was actually really good with it because it goes by really quickly. So when you close your eyes, for me, when I closed my eyes, I went into an experience. And I could stay there as long as I wanted to. And when I opened my eyes, I was back like we are right now. I could get up. I could go use typically, the washroom. Typically, that would be a different experience than smoking the uh, DMT, which you're supposed to do in three different huffs, apparently. Yes. So that ended up being the very last medicine that I did. Oh. Okay. And we'd never planned for me to do that. And so that was a gift given to me by the man that was facilitating. Um, you would call him a shaman, but he's more than that. And um, so I did this, the ayahuasca and the samadhi, and was able to deal with a lot of the root trauma. But the reason I went is because I wanted to see myself for who I really was. I wanted to leave there having this deep-seated love for myself because I knew in order to move my life forward that that had to happen. And so essentially, I wanted to experience my own divinity. And so the last medicine I did was cepito, and it's 100% DMT, and it's extracted from the glands of a frog, and you smoke it. <laughs> so my my uncle is the one that facilitates these retreats, and he's an amazing soul. Well, the, the, the frog way to do it is is only one of the ways. Correct. It is only one of the ways. So Cepito was was that uh, was the name of it, and um, so I smoked it. I do not recommend running around licking frogs. No, just don't in do case it. Anybody was thinking <laughs> don't about do that? It. Don't go around toad licking. And let and I'm going to be very clear. These things need to be done in a very specific environment with quality medicine facilitated by people who know what they are doing. So please do your research. If you're interested in doing this, do it the right way. So I was told that when you smoke this DMT, that you would leave your body and you would experience universal consciousness, which I did. Sweet. Yeah. I blacked out when I came to. I had all these beautiful fractal patterns in front of me and I had no body left. And I just experienced warmth and completely like the purest form of love and gratitude that you could ever experience. There are no words in the English language to describe the sensations that were running through me. And I actually got to see myself as a soul and not a human being. And this deep feeling of love for myself came over me that had nothing to do with my accomplishments or how much money I had in my bank account or what my body looked like or any of those things. And I realized what I really was, was a soul having a human experience. And that was so important it's, for me in my healing process. It's not just a bumper process. sticker from Deepak Chopra. It's actually the It's truth. the truth. And you might think like, oh my gosh, this girl's crazy. But I, neuroscientists, neurologists, people that operate on your brains, they will tell you that this is true, that this is, this is actual reality. Um, and so from there, I was able to come back into my body and have this rebirth. So the parts of me that no longer were necessary for me to keep functioning died off. And I essentially went through the birth canal. Like it actually physically felt like being born again. It's an intense process. And when you open your eyes, you get to experience the universe in 5D. And it's the most amazing experience I've ever had in my life. Like we were outside on the grass when we did this. And I was looking around and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I just, I kept swearing. All I kept saying was, holy fuck, holy. And I'm like, at the top of my lungs because I'm just so blown now, is this, away. Is this a very different experience than mushrooms and LSD? No. Similar? It is similar in the way that things look, similar in the colors and the way things move. And 
Um, but the amazing thing about the DMT is that you actually got to feel energetically connected to everything. So like if I put my hands on the grass, I could feel every little bit of like movement that was happening on an energy level in the grass and the cells and photosynthesis and chlorophyll. And I could feel all of it happening. And if I put my hand on a tree, I could feel all of the things that were going on in that tree. And so you can imagine when you touch another human being, you realize that we're all connected. Is there such a thing as a shared experience? Like uh, for people that are, they feel an out-of-body experience, can you see other souls? Yes, absolutely. And then compare notes after to prove yep. that you really were yep. there? Yep, absolutely. Okay, that's nuts. Yeah. Oh, it's just, and I'm just, I love it. I'm just like hating the very tip of it. You know what I mean? Like I can only share my experience, but there's so much more out there. And so mushrooms in the way that in LSD, and I think, because I've never done LSD. Has this affected your um, uh, perception of death? Yeah, because there is no death. Only transition. Only transition. But you have to be willing to, to die. You have to be willing to let the old you die and for, walk away from for, it to for, know that. For all the traumatic uh, deaths that you've experienced, because that's your job, yeah. and all the people that have died in your arms from kids to grandparents and, and, and everything in between, yeah. um, does it help you be at peace with that? Very much so. Very much so. It's twofold for me because one, I get to bear witness for them. And I feel like part of my job as a paramedic is to help people make that transition. And if I get to save them, I get to save them. That has nothing to do with me and everything to do with what was meant to happen for them, right? So I either get to be there and get to see them after they've survived death, which is a really cool experience. Getting to talk to somebody that you were doing CPR on is, is a really cool experience. But also knowing that everything that could have been done on a medical level was done for them. Like the paramedics here in Alberta are so good. We're you know, the, the training that we get, the level of care that we give is amazing. So people get the best care possible when they, when they have us show up. So that makes me feel better, but also to know where that they're, they've just transitioned, that for a lot of them, they're at peace and, um, that there is no death. It's hard for the families, right? Those are the people that suffer, but the person who's passed over, they've just transitioned into, to another dimension, I guess, or another reality. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to put it, but it's just a transition. Makes me kind of look forward to it. Yeah. Well, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just a transition. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, is there a way that you know of to legally and safely, uh, have a DMT experience in Canada? Legally and safely? Safely, yes, absolutely. Legally, Legally not so much. <laughs> I don't know. I heard a rumor, uh, I think, I don't know if it's Ontario, but somewhere that you, if you start your own religion, that you can actually give sacred medicine to your parishioners. I don't know what the rules are in Alberta here, though. Game on. Right? <laughs> I promise I won't start a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make that same promise. Well, you know what? Here's the way I say when people are joking around, they're like, are you going to start a cult? And I said, well, the, the whole point of a cult is to brainwash people into believing a specific way and to take away their right to make their own decisions and to prevent them from experiencing any type of awareness, right? Because that's what it's about. It's about waking the fuck up. That's what it is. It's waking up. It's becoming conscious. And then you have, you take all the power back. To create the life you want. This tattoo on my arm says Fiat Lux. We at Fiat Lux is a divine command from God to wake the fuck up. Yes! 
wake the fuck up. And so to me, cults do the opposite of that. Whereas yes. if I were to start my own religion and start doing this, <laughs> I want to help people wake up. I want them to experience their own divinity. I want them to be able to take the power back and to heal and to feel love in its truest form so that not only do they love themselves, but they can accept love from other people and they can go out and love everybody else because that's the only truth. The um, equine therapy that you do, yes. do, do you have a before and after story of anybody that sticks out in your mind as uh, when somebody started with equine therapy and, and, and how they transitioned through the experience? Yeah. You know, there's so many of them just depending on why they're coming from, from some of our, we did a pilot, our PTSD pilot in the spring and um, when you have PTSD, you know that the littlest things turn into mountains, yes. making phone calls, looking at your bills, opening your mail, answering the door, like those things turn into huge things, returning emails, right? And one of our participants said to me that they actually were able to sit down and get a whole bunch of stuff done that they've been putting off for like two years. The procrastination, the aversion to paperwork. Yes. And then they booked themselves a trip to go look after themselves. And I just saw that as huge, huge, huge growth. Um, the willingness to participate in further treatment, to be able to say, you know what, I actually feel really good about what happened here. I'm willing to go out and seek more help. I'm willing to continue doing this. And I'm also willing to talk to somebody about it now. Um, from our at-risk youth, because we run three different programs. We run programming for adults and kids with special needs, at-risk youth, and then also the PTSD program for first responders and military personnel. And um, if you look at our at-risk youth, I mean, some of the feedback that we've been given is, is some of these kids have had to go to court to face an abuser. And they were too terrified to go testify. And after spending time working with the horses and realizing that if I can get this 1,300-pound animal to cooperate and work with me, then I am far more powerful than I thought I was. And they go to court and they testify. Like, we just, we have, there's so many different things depending on what it is you need. But the effects are so amazing and, and people are able to make big transitions in their lives because of it. So what does it look like? Somebody shows up, they arrive at the horse facility, then what? Yes. So if you're there for the PTSD programming, you see one of your peers. You see somebody who has been through what you're going through and is experiencing post-traumatic growth so that they can be a beacon in the dark for you. Uh, we start teaching you about horses right off the bat. We go into the way horses communicate with each other because it's important to recognize how they communicate with each other because it allows us to sort of go, oh, so if I can be aware of the way they communicate, maybe I can be aware of the way I communicate. And we start talking about the energy behind horses because energy is everything when you're working with horses. And in order to understand that energy, you have to be self-aware. And that self-awareness is key to healing. So we do different activities over six different nights that promote the self-awareness, that promote you being able to see who you really are in a way that is helpful, in a way that you can actually see how amazing you are and start becoming self-aware and start having those epiphanies that you need to move things forward. And then at the end of class, when we're done working with the horses, you know you've had that, that massive shift in the way your brain works and you've had that massive shift in the, the chemicals that your body's secreting, then we sit down and have a group conversation that's led by a psychologist. So everything we do has a psychologist involved just so that people are aware it's not just me running a come play with my horses and I'll, I'll help you feel better. All of this is done very strategically and all of our programs are developed with a lot of thought and care in mind and we are definitely huge proponents of being responsible with people with complex trauma. 
So we have a psychologist there the whole time. If for some reason something comes up while you're working with the horses that you want to process with the psychologist, you can go off and do a one-on-one with them, or you can do a group processing. It's completely up to you. And then when we're done with the horses for the night, we sit and have a group conversation about the process of healing. And that is an opportunity for people to share if they want to, they don't have to. But the point to that is to have a conversation around healing and the different things that happen when you're going through it. So that not only do we take some of the shame away about the things that happen to you, like the alcoholism and the financial stress and the divorces and all the other things, like I've been through all of that. You, you take some of the shame away for people, but you also give people takeaways from it, steps that they can do for that week or that month that help move them a bit forward. And having the psychologist there is meant to keep that conversation moving in a healthy forward pattern so that, like I said, people have takeaways when they go home and um, some skills, some tools in their toolbox, right? And uh, if, if we notice that anybody's in distress, the psychologist is there, we can take them aside and you can have, like I said, that one-on-one session with them. So you're loved and protected from the time you walk in the door till the time you go home at the end of the, the class. Do you work with or are you different than CanPraxis? We are different than CanPraxis. So we don't currently work with them. And our programming is different than theirs. I've heard a lot of really great things about their program. Um, But they do things differently than we do. And from what I understand, I could be wrong, uh, they deal with couples. And so we specifically deal with individuals. I think that's right. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, that I want to point out is that... We realize that if you have a family, the entire family is affected by your, your injury. And when you're done the six weeks with us, uh, or six weeks, the six sessions with us, um, you do have the opportunity to come back either with your spouse or with your kids and book your own sessions with the psychologist so that the whole family has the opportunity to heal. So how can somebody get a hold of you and get themselves in, in there? Yeah, so there's a couple of different things you can do. You can go to our website, which is www.pseat or pc.ca. That's Papa Sierra, Echo, Echo Alpha Tango. Good work. <laughs> I would have botched that for sure. Um, you can also email me at info at pseat.ca. And we also have a Facebook page and an Instagram page, so you can follow what's going on there. The one time where it's okay to pee on the seat. Yeah, exactly. Come to us. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, thank you so much for being here today. Thank, thank you, you for thank having you, me. Thank you for the work that you do and for the souls that you soothe. Thank you. I am Mark Mankey. This is Operation Tango Romeo. At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible, with a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. (laughs) 